1: This is a podcast from Minute Media. The Pirates and the San Diego Padres wrapping up. The best of three series is Sunday, 5-2. The final in game number three, the Padres, taking two games to one. Marty Lee, Trey Hannity, the Rum Buncher crew back with you today. Joined by the Fort McHenry. Michael, thank you so much for coming back on with us to kind of break down this series. You know, just kind of hashed it out. Not, Not one of our longer episodes today, but I'm really excited to just kind of talk about everything that went down. We saw Mitch Keller with another outstanding start today. Uh, you know some positive headlines, some negatives ones too. Yoshi Sugo still, you know, struggling to kind of figure it out here early on in the season. The bullpen has looked great in some spots and has struggled in others. So, I'm um, just excited to hear your guys' thoughts on on this series with the Padres. Obviously, one of the the better teams in the National League. Pirates get one at least. Um, Mike, I know you just had a lot of post game there, so th- thank you for joining us for the post post game. Uh, but how are you doing, man? What are your thoughts on on this past series?
2: Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's it's a lot different coming on with you guys than um with ATT. But yeah, I mean you think about over the last six games, you know, the, the pitching that you know the pirates have had to seen and you know, kind of being into every game, you know, has been impressive to me. They've put together good at bats. One of the best pitchers I thought we've seen was the Ashby kid from Milwaukee. First time I've seen him, guys got an electric sinker, but just all that good pitching, and then you're you you know you're rolling into Detroit, Cincinnati. There's some really good hope that these guys can kind of turn the corner and throw out some wins uh, in kind of tandem, but we'll see. I, li- I liked a lot of things. Uh, I'm with you with Yoshi. I love what I saw with Mitch Keller Day. His best average fastball in the year. He hit 100, uh, hit 99 a couple of times. I love the way he uses curveball minus the base hit to Manny. Obviously, we can always look back and say, oh, I wish he would have done this, but You know, I like when he uses that curveball for a swing and miss pitch more than that strike pitch. But, yeah, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of hiccups. It's still trying to figure out what they're trying to do with certain guys. You know, band meters getting the bulk of play at second base. You know, Cole Tucker really just coming off the COVID list, gets thrown in right at shortstop. I thought Castillo would be right back in the lineup the way he's been swinging the bat. So there's definitely a lot of interesting pieces, a lot of things. And I know that they're kind of trying to do a lot of – like moving pieces, figure some things out. But sometimes you just wonder like, okay, what are they actually doing? And you want them to share a little bit more. Yeah. Like you
3: said, a lot of moving pieces. And one thing I would like to see, you know, you mentioned Diego Castillo. I just, I don't see any reason for him not to be playing every day right now. Um, What he showed you in spring training. I realize his results this year have not been great yet, but at the same time, he's never looked over a match at the plate or anything of the sort. You know what I mean? That's, that's big. If you're a young hitter and you're not, looking overmatched at the plate, even if you're only hitting 260 or whatever it is he's at right now, most of the time the results are going to come because you belong in the major leagues. You're comfortable. So I would like to see you play every day. I think Michael Chavis is another guy. You got to find a way to get his bat in there every day right now. And one thing I will say that I really like to have been doing is since Jack Swinski has been called up is let him play. Like this season's all about seeing what guys like Castillo, Chavis, and Swinski can do and seeing if they could potentially be parts of your long-term future Let them play. Let them answer those questions. Give them three, four, 500 plate appearances this season, and that's going to answer a lot more questions to the Pirates moving forward than, you know, rope-a-doping those guys around, getting them in and out of the lineup, and that sort of thing are going to answer for you.
2: I mean, absolutely well put. I mean, you think about Michael Chavis. He's playing a role that I was very familiar with, And, and the key to stay hot in those roles is you do kind of play that iron when it is hot. I mean, when Chavis is swinging the bat good, you see it, you guys watch enough baseball, that, that hanging break ball seems to come more often. That fastball that just kind of leaks back over the middle seems to come more often. And it doesn't matter really who you're facing. It just seems to be there. So, like, yeah, I love the idea of letting Chavis, or yeah, Chavis play more often. Get him out there. Let him, like, kind of ride that iron. Let Yoshi have a couple days. Remember the unplug that Hurdle used to always talk about. Let him unplug, get with Haynes, figure some things out. He's been late almost the entire season, even when he was hitting the ball good, you know, working that inside-out approach. He's a guy that, you know, came in and, and showed a lot of power right out of the gate, kept the ball up front. Maybe he can go back, figure some of those things out, take a couple of days off against these guys that are, are just overmatching him, cutting him off that inside-out approach, the slider, the breaking ball. So, yeah, I would love to see that. And get Diego Castillo, he's nodded to me. I mean, he he's hit the ball as hard as anybody, minus key Brian Hayes uh, consistently. I didn't mean, have to look at Savant and see that his hard contact rate is up. He puts the ball in play, and he makes every single play. Like he he's a sure glove almost anywhere he goes. So it's kind of like when you throw uh, Gamble or Mariznick out in the outfield, you're putting out a sure glove no matter what. So yeah, I'd like to see a lot of a lot of things kind of iron themselves out. I'd love to see these guys get more at bats and especially set up for success.
3: Yeah, with Castillo, the glove thing is so true. I mean, there was a play today, um, I think it may have been the ninth inning. I forget what inning it was in. It was an inning where the Padres late in the game where the Padres scored multiple runs, and he made a really good stop on a ball deep in the hole at shortstop, where he didn't he had no chance of throwing the runner out, but stopping the ball saved a run. Like little things like that pay off. And he's looked his hands just look so smooth out in the middle infield. I remember a game against Washington a few weeks ago there was a ball that was actually smoked up the middle. And if I remember correctly, the Nats had the basis loaded with one out at the time. It looked like a sure fire two run single. And somehow he stabbed it down and turned it into a an double play. Like he just looks like he belongs. And you know, you mentioned the hard contact. I did pull him up the numbers up in front of me just to make sure everyone out there knows his average exit velocity this year is a mile and a half above league average. You know, his hard hit rate is above almost 10% above league average. The guy's hitting the ball well, and when you do that and you look comfortable at the plate, the hits will come. I've no doubt they will come for him. The Pirates just need to get him in the lineup.
2: And, and mind you that across the league, the numbers are way down. Yeah, everybody's talking about that soft, soft ball right now, like it's made of downy. So across the league, the numbers are down, and this guy is well above average in a couple of different areas, and he doesn't swing and miss a lot does a great job putting the ball in play, fouls off a lot of pitches, seems to have a quality of bat, you know, pretty consistently. That's what you want right now, especially to take that load off the front of the lineup. You know, The front of the lineup, I, you can see sometimes the tension that they feel like they have to take in, and the reality of it is they don't. They just need to slow the game down. But like part of Brian Reynolds' problem this year, in my opinion, is they don't have to pitch to him, right? And Key Brian's getting a great result from it because they're pitching to Key Brian. Hey, you prove yourself as he starts – you know, continues to do what he's doing, Brian Reynolds is going to get better pitches to hit. Like, it's hard to watch a guy, literally, he's getting pitched around the edges and pretty much being pitched like it's 0-2 every single pitch. I mean, they're not willing to give in. Now he's going to take his walks, similar to last year when he struggled a little bit, and he'll probably start taking off. But, yeah, th- those little things change a lineup, change the way certain guys are pitched, the way things match up. So, yeah, I love him in the lineup consistently.
1: Really just no reason at this point to not give him that consistency. This is not a team. We've talked about it, you know, round and round on this show. This isn't a team that we expect to finish near 500. And, you know, I can I could kind of hear in your voice a minute ago there, Michael. The consistency is important. And, you know, we're seeing them try a lot of different things. What What's the, you know, what's the perfect formula? What, what kind of lineup? You know, how do you free up? the top of this lineup, because we've seen Vogel back there, saw him drop down to four, you know, back up to the top of the lineup, and they've tried some different things. But, you know, in a season where you are trying to experiment, um, you know, how do you still find that consistency and help guys feel comfortable? Because I think, you know, for a guy like Diego Castillo, he seemed comfortable this entire time, you know, regardless of the situation. But I think we'll see the results continue to improve as he gets that consistency.
2: Yeah, I think it just depends on what they're trying to do with him. And, you know, if there was a little bit more – I guess, openness or transparency on like what the plan was. If they see him as a J.A., you know, running around the diamond, doing different things, getting 400, 450 bats a year, playing multiple different positions, then that's exactly what he needs to do. But if he hits his way into a second base role and he's doing things better than other guys, then yeah, he should possibly get 500, 550 bats. It just depends on what they see him as and what he can prove he is. And I think that's the biggest balance you have to find is, you know how do you balance out this lineup? Figuring out what's in the future, what's now, because you want to make sure you're trying to win every single game. And I think it's evident that they want to win every single game, just the way it was managed last night with Derek Shelton. Seemed like it was Game Seven of the World Series, and I love that. I love that these guys are going out trying to win every game, running the bases really, really hard. But yeah, there's a balance. I think Derek Shelton and his squad does a do a really good job of trying to find that balance, but at the same time, it seems like they're trying to plug in pieces, you know, maybe manipulate, use the analytics maybe a little too much and not trusting the gut. But I feel like that's all starting to maybe unfold a little bit more and that gut feeling with De- Derek Sheldon has to have with all these years in baseball, you know, being a former catcher, playing almost every single role in a, in a major league uniform. I, I do feel like that's going to start to kind of shape itself over time, especially as more guys get called up, more things happen. Because that's what the game takes. It, it's a great mixture of that old, new concept.
1: Yeah, really just evolution, you know, of of the manager, of the modern-day manager. And I think Derek Shelton has been perfect for this group. And I think he's going to continue to evolve with this team. Um, you know, we're seeing another another guy evolve right now in the starting rotation. Mitch Keller got his ERA under six today, now at 5-3-2. Just a dominant start. Six innings, one run allowed, uh, five hits, five strikeouts as well. This is a different Mitch Keller, Mike. I don't think we've had a chance, you know, to really talk to you about Mitch Keller since the season started. We saw, you know, the bullpen sessions. We saw him in spring training, but you know, how nice is it? How how, how great of a feeling is it to see a guy that you know has worked so hard and a guy that just hasn't been able to figure it out yet now begin to figure it out at the big league level?
2: Yeah, it, it, his stuff has figured it out. I, I'm still very apathetic to jump right on that train. Um, I, I want to see him continue to grow and mold. There's some things he got away with because his stuff was so good. There can be days where his stuff's not good. Those are the days that count for me. The days when the fastball is not jumping out of his hand, he's having a hard time finding his release point. How does he get back? How does he stay away from those 31, 32 pitch first innings? Those are the big game changers, those big momentum shifters, and in, in my mind, for guys to really take that next step. And if he can do that, I think I think his stuff. I mean, his stuff is well beyond major league average. I mean, he's got three, maybe even four plus pitches. His fastball may be his worst pitch when it comes to it's a little flat, doesn't have the spin that you want, but he got it above that zone today. He got it below in that last quadrant, going into lefties, away from righties. That's super important, in my opinion. So if he can identify who he is, what brings him back in the zone, why he's going to use his slider, how he's going to use the slider, use his changeup a couple of times. Early on the count, only threw it eight times, but absolutely outstanding, get ahead, throws guys off because it runs away from him. The only other thing that runs away from him is if his slider backs up, if it gets on the side of that fastball. So I think he's starting to understand I think Perez and Nap have really helped him. Obviously, Oscar's been a big part, but he's just got to grip it, rip it, trust the stuff, and fill up that zone. And I still want to see him punch tickets. He's a guy that should be punching out 10 a game. Like, no question about it. Like, you look at what Contreras is doing, They 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 have similar stuff. Contreras fastball plays different because he's throwing it uphill because he's a shorter guy. But those guys both throw nice seven, big curveball, big slider, and he's striking out every three innings, striking out five. So it's gonna average out way above nine per nine. So Mitch Keller's got to find that because when he gets in trouble, you can only say hey, you know it was just tough luck, should have gone in someone's glove. That's what Trevor Williams should say. That's what a guy with you know soft contact stuff, a guy who's swinging this stuff, you're getting out of your own jams and. You know, today is a great example. He's out there. He's he's cruising along. You bring in DeYoung. He's spinning it up, doing those things. But his fastball is not going to play the same. So the guys aren't going to see that same type of swing and miss stuff that they just saw. So if Mitch Keller can prove that he has that swing and miss stuff, he pitches the seventh today, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I was going to say with Keller, it's it's yeah. definitely encouraging. But again, like you said, Mike, we I, I want to see more. I want to see more before I fully get on the bandwagon. I fully buy, and I will say, two of his last three starts now have been terrific. And that start in the middle wasn't great, also wasn't terrible. Really got burnt by that Christian Yelich bunt. Mm-hmm. You know that was a game where he very easily could have wiggled out of that, going five innings, only giving up two runs. And I think that start is the kind of start you exactly were talking about, where he clearly did not have his best stuff that day, and was probably one pitch away from going five innings, only giving up two runs despite not having his best stuff. Now, obviously, it's a big step to go from, well, he was only one pitch away from doing it to executing that one pitch. But at the same time, I feel like this is probably the closest Mitch Keller has ever been in his major league career to finally taking that step. And that alone should at least, again, confidence and all of this, I understand people being hesitant. I'm hesitant. You're hesitant. But there's definitely reason for optimism right now And it's been a long time since we've been able to say there's reason for optimism with Mitch Keller.
2: No doubt. In worst case scenario, like, he may go to the bullpen, be that kind of like in-between guy like Crow. But even if he does that, I still want to see that swing and miss. Stuff's way too good. And and I think it's the game changer for any elite pitcher. If he can get out of his own jams with swing and miss stuff, it's always, always going to help. So I, I hope that happens.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, we're, we're starting to see more of that. I I hope this continues to happen. And, you know, I know for Mitch Keller, this is a guy that has struggled with confidence in the past. I think we're seeing an adjustment there as well. So, you know, we're, we're getting a a small sample size. Don't want to overreact. Don't want to get on the hype train too hard here, but you know, like what we saw today to wrap it up with San Diego, the pirates did go down five to two. And I know Michael, you have a a scooter ride to catch with Robbie here in a minute. So we'll get you out of here. But before we do that, you know, just just everything you have going on right now. I know you have a lot of exciting stuff coming out, uh, you know, in your personal life with work and you know, with AT&T sports as well. So anything you wanna, you know, share with us, you want to talk about there, um, I know we're we're thrilled to hear about
2: all that. Well, all the Rum Bunner fans, we're gonna try to do some live broadcasting, uh, maybe two, three innings every now and then. Um we got a website coming. Really wanna give back to kids, uh give them an opportunity to Kind of dive in, get information, educate themselves in a self-learning manner, and um, there's just a lot of things going. Trying to trying to do some good things, and I'm, I'm on a on a path to help the good people win. and I feel like you guys are good people, and and giving back to the fans and and being able to let them kind of partake in in what we do. Maybe we you know after a game do a post post game across the street, you know grab grab a couple drinks, bring on some fans, and we just banter a little because I think that's what our society needs. That's what Pittsburgh needs is. They need that open form just to kind of like learn and grow. I don't think we do a good enough job of making sure that we're taking care of the fans. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they also believe that's the biggest miss with the media side with baseball side in generals. Are we making the fan the most important person and I want to make sure that happens. So looking forward to doing some stuff with you guys, um, whether it's on my platform or on your all's platform whether it's out in the community, whatever have you. I just want to make sure that we're getting good information, bringing fans on, taking in questions, whatever we can to kind of take that next step to help the game, you know, that we, we all love kind of grow because, you know, there, there, there's a lot of people complaining about time and this and that and this. I think it just needs more interaction, more fan engagement, and more entertainment. and I think we could be pretty entertaining at times. So we'll just, we'll just kind of take it in stride and see what happens, but I feel like the good Lord's up to some fun stuff.
1: Man, I love it. Very well said, Mike. And you know, like you said, the fans are, are everything to what we do at Rum Buncher. Without you guys, you know, we're not able to to continue to to create content and post, you know, our, our podcasts, our articles, everything else. So Cannot thank you guys enough for being here for all these episodes and checking out our website. And, guys, if you haven't been to Run Bunter in a while, you're going to want to go check all that stuff out. Noah Wright with a really nice article out this morning on the bullpen and, and how they can use some of these lefties. And, of course, guys, recapping the minor leagues every day and everything else. So be sure to check all that stuff out. Mike, I know we're, we're going to be talking to you here real soon. But just kind of your final thoughts Ned, on series, the series, the Pirates series to come with the Tigers and the Cincinnati Reds into uh, the weekend.
2: Yeah, I'm excited about them getting a chance to play some teams that don't have just absolute flamethrowers, guys that, you know, come in and punch tickets. So they have a chance to maybe, you know, hit the ground running in, in Detroit. Detroit get beat up in L.A. They just, you know, kind of got a little bit of what we just got. So maybe they can really take take advantage of those two games and then roll into Cincinnati and do some work because Cincinnati is obviously struggling. I saw their 3-18, and 18, um, you know, Votto struggling, that entire team. Kind of seems to be a little bit in shambles. Take advantage of it. I mean, that's when you can look up middle of May and we're five hundred, and then here comes Super Prospect Team and and those those kind of like bonus point guys you can grab a hold of as they get designated because there's a lot of guys that are retiring or that are kind of lingering around that you know need a home. And if the Pirates stay afloat, and I'm not going to get my hopes up by any any stretch of imagination, but like the reality of it is, they've played good baseball, they continue to stay in the game. If they continue to just kind of plug along, there's no telling where they could be. So these games are most important to me. The games that you should win or could win, you got to take advantage of because there's going to be plenty where you're going to be completely outmatched. And if you win a couple of those, you look up, and like, man, we're a pretty good team. I think about 18 and 19, you know, nobody thought much. They're right in the thick of it going into July. So that's, that's my fingers crossed hope and whatnot. These guys play hard enough to, to do it, so why not?
3: You have 13 of the next 16 are the Tigers, Cubs, and Reds, so the opportunity is definitely knocking for the Pirates to uh, rack up some wins, like you said, I mean, Detroit's struggling, Cincinnati's probably the worst team in baseball, and the Pirates are, what, 4-2, and 5-2, and two, something like that against the Cubs so far this year, so definitely opportunities there these next few weeks to, you know, win some games, like you said, if you can get to the middle of May, be floating around 500, that's more than anyone would have expected to begin the season anyway, and you know, at that point they could set themselves up to have a better season than people expected.
2: So true. So true. some winnable games,
1: guys, no doubt about it. The Tigers upcoming starting on Tuesday and then the Cincinnati Reds, uh, I believe, beginning on Friday as well. So be sure, like I said, to check out Rum Buncher. And if you haven't followed Michael on Twitter, go find him at the Fort McHenry. If you don't follow us on Twitter, find us at Rum Buncher as well. Michael, I'm going to let you go get on the hot rod, Marty. I know you got game night <laughs> coming up here as well. So we're going to get out of here, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for this Padres Pirates series breakdown. Until next time, let's go Bucks.